0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian, joined by my co-host, Light. Hey, Logar, how are you doing today? I'm good. I had this great idea. I hope it's great. <laughs> I'd like <laughs> to explore it. I've got boxes and boxes of old dragon mags and dungeon mags, and they're filled with great articles, wonderful suggestions, and I figured maybe we could take some time to look at some of those articles and talk about them.
1: So, here we are. And what should we talk about today? What issue are we looking at?
0: Issue Dragon Magazine, issue 188. What year was this? I think it was early 90s. Let's double check.
1: 188. So it was sold for what? 350, December
0: 92. I'm sorry. Did you say December of 92?
1: Yeah, December 92. Issue 188.
0: Jeez. So yeah, right at the end of 92. So actually, this is exactly, well, almost exactly 30 years old. (laughs) There's (laughs) the end of the year. The article I want to talk about is titled That's Role, R-O-L-E, not Role, R-O-L-L, exclamation point. Put more oomph into your role-playing and have more fun by George T. Young. I liked this article. Any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I thought it was uh, good because, again, it was focusing more on the R-O-L-E of role-playing. And then it also brought up some interesting points around players being vested in participating in the game, players being creative and trying to figure out how to get out of a situation. So I had a lot of uh, good examples in it about being distinct and unique in different situations. But again, it depends on your player party. So you may need to make adjustments as a, as a DM <laughs> to help with the R-O-L-E versus the R-O-L-L playing.
0: Well, it gives some good suggestions on a few things to do. I want to go do an overview of what the article has to say real quick. And essentially it starts off saying how to get more out of your gaming for players but there's some good dungeon master tips in here and there's some good examples as well. I want to go ahead and just fast forward in this article and talk about something they talk about is getting people warmed up for role playing. Participation warm up exercise. Make yep. them think. So I'm going to read the little narrative in here. DM in our last game, we left off. You were just about to fight Serpentine, the ancient red dragon that you have been stalking for months. And player one. What? What? Where are we? Where are we? Player two. Uh, did we kill it? Well, where's my share of the treasure? Player three. Which character was I playing? You've ever had that time at the beginning of a game? Where we're all scrambling, trying to remember what the hell we were doing in game, and everybody's just not there. Yeah.
1: You know, sometimes when you haven't played a certain session for several weeks, you know, it could be two weeks, could be four weeks. You oftentimes have to do, like you said, a little bit of a recap with people. So it does happen. I mean,
0: they address that and they don't suggest and it's not even doing a recap in this article. They suggest they say that you should be getting people warmed up for role playing and they suggest some warm up exercises. I thought those were cool. In the example above, the players had no idea what's going on. The time spent between gaming sessions dulled their appetite for role-playing. They are not involved in the situation at the end of the last session. The group was tense and ready for the encounter. Now they are so removed from the scenario, they will unthinkingly go through the motions of playing for the next 45 minutes to get back into the mood. The best way to avoid this problem and the wasted time that goes with it is get the players and the DM ready to play before you begin. The way people get up for role playing is the same way people get ready themselves for sports with warm up exercises. So they suggest a few here role playing in the frame of mind, getting yourself in the frame of mind. Start, ask a player to tell you what color the local tavern is painted. Ask another how the character celebrates his birthday and whether or not he kissed anyone on his birthday. If the PC did, ask who it was and have him explain the circumstances. Uh, so you're essentially just trying to get the players to, to give you some answers to questions. Think about their characters. Think about the situation, not even the situation, just putting themselves in the role of their characters. And it suggests asking questions that they don't already know the answers to. They're going to have to get creative and start thinking on their feet. I think that's a good suggestion we did something similar to that actually in my last riff session i figured i've got to get this kick started and i gotta get people involved so we were in a little town and we hadn't really explored the town we left there last time and i said okay what shops are in this town and everybody gave me an idea of what was in there and they kind of got into the idea of all these places in this town and jumping into exploring the town after they told me what was in it and that was really helpful to just get us going and moving and start game started.
1: You know, for this suggestion, definitely is good to help people get into, the, like you said, the mindset of role playing. Um, however, I don't, I don't know if this would cover people forgetting what happened last session though.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, forgetting last session is one thing. Doing a quick recap's helpful. Sometimes it's a little. E- sometimes it's not as hard to recall and remember if you're jumping in playing. And how much of the last session do we need to know if we can get a jump, like jump-started? That's probably a discussion we could have. I'm not 100% sure on that. If you're going into a battle or something like that, kind of bringing in, them into the current scene that we're playing through, to me, might be the most important part and then having the recap later. Yeah, they are yeah. kind of just talking about getting us into the mood, getting into the character. The impossible situation they go on to talk about, which is something I love, and getting role playing a situation when you can't really fight your way out of, and there's no way out of it. And they tell you to just roll with it. They t- and I agree with that. Sometimes these situations are impossible and you might need to cheat a little bit, but getting the characters to think outside the box and to engage Uh, creativity and uniqueness is another thing that suggested creativity and most necessary elements for players and dms making sure your npcs aren't just bland that they're interesting have unique quirks and there's a lot of things out there to help you with that and these are just ways to get players to to engage and then suspension of disbelief is the last point that he puts in there Whenever a DM does something fiendishly clever or uses a carefully worked out plan, the players inevitably scream bloody murder. The worst possible tactic a DM can have NPCs use against the party is the same tactic they use against every single monster they encounter. And then they kind of tell you to uh, DMs should make intelligent decisions for NPCs and monsters they run. Sometimes I run them a little bumbling. They're not intelligent decisions. But when those trolls or goblins do something that they realistically would do to defend themselves in any situation (laughs) might not be great for the player characters but it makes for a memorable interaction
1: yeah and i think in both a situation with the suspension of disbelief as well as the uh, impossible situation you know the dm needs to allow the characters to be creative and give them you know some flexibility for some outs you know you can't give them a situation where it's going to be like a total TPK with no outs either, right? Oh, so, yeah. So, you know, and I know in our last adventure uh, that we just played, Mutant Crawl Classics, in the module, there was a TPK situation where you open the door to a nuclear reactor and everyone died. <laughs> I mean, there are no, no outs. There was no, it's pretty much the book said, you all die. So something like that, I don't think is, you know, that great um, of a situation, right? Th- there should be some ways to allow the characters to be creative, to find find their outs like you said. So
0: one of the things they mentioned here too was not even just like you may not have an out but go with it. And and there may be no out but as the DM you can cheat.
1: Well exactly, you can <laughs> cheat and uh, allow them to create the outs but yeah. you know I don't like rolling situations <laughs> yeah, rolling with it I, but I don't like situations where it's like it's just TPK, you know, it's like you just got squashed without being creative and uh, finding a creative way of getting out of the situation. you know, those situations frustrate me quite a bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, and I want to run over a few things. like when this when this article starts out, it talks about how we often start playing role-playing games by juggling statistics to try to make a powerful character. A lot of us start that way. and we don't really start because we like keeping records and memorizing charts. We start for escapism. And somewhere along the lines that that uh, that making that powerful character can kind of move towards something out of the role-play aspect where we're actually playing out the roles and not just trying to make the biggest badass we can invent. And they say in here that it's a skill that can be developed, the role-playing. There's a lot of types of way people can role-play. It doesn't always have to be acting out in voices, but it could be. One thing I've always wanted to do and thought about and brought up is I'd love to, like for the game group, a game group to take improv classes together to gain some skills to add to the game would be a lot of fun and interesting, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, like you said, bringing people of different styles and talents can always jive up the game a little bit. And, you know, making sure you have the right balance gaming group because, you know, if you get a bunch of min-maxers I just want a power game, that doesn't play as much to the R-O-L-E. That's more R-O-L-L.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're looking at the stats. And I said that m- most of us, start that way and i can't deny that like when i first started making like characters i was like oh this guy's gonna be so badass (laughs) i did that oh yeah
1: that's because we were like you know in like third or fourth grade it's a little bit different back then third or fourth grade it's like hey i don't want to i want to be like 18 strength 18 intelligence 18 decks 18 you know whatever it may be but obviously as we've grown up a little bit and matured a little bit we want to try different aspects of role playing where you might be like yeah i'm going to play a um i don't know some human gatherer with a, with a seventh strength it, it makes it more creative in that way because you can't force your way out of everything and you can't r-o-l-l your way up, out of everything
0: yeah I, got, I want to point out something else here in this article real quick, and I may read directly. There's a flip side to role-playing. He says that role-playing is, and I'm not sure if I, I mentioned this or not, it's a skill that can be developed and improved over time. And he says that you can get out of it what you put into it. Uh, your character should be believable. Creating a personality for the character Who is this character and what is that personality quirks and stuff? There's a lot of good resources out there to come up with things like that. And games like Into the Odd, I think, handle creating characters via personality really well. And so does a lot of the Year zero system stuff. So even if you're not going to run them, just look at what they do to creating a character in that manner. Looking at creating a character as not numbers on the sheet, but who is this person? There's a flip side to role playing. Like most things you get out of it, only what you put into it. If you play a shallow, cardboard-like character, you are far less likely to enjoy yourself as much as you would playing a character with a personality and reality about him. Whether you're playing an 800-year-old elven wizard or an 80-year-old human beggar, your character should be believable. Actors on stage get into character and play their parts. They step away from who they are and become who they are not. Yep. In the same way, gamers need to develop personas. So what is the persona of the character? Yeah. So we got the idea. The character can kick this person's butt this way and that <laughs> person's butt this other way and can get a bone. But what is the persona? What is the caricature? Caricature? What is the personality? Likes and dislikes. And I've created quite a few different questionnaires and everything. It might be, I might, I, I'm not sure if I've put them on the blog or not. Some of those questionnaires for like qu- asking yourself who your character is. One I liked it was describe your characters as an '80s sitcom or TV intro. What, what is your look? <laughs> car- <laughs> thinking about who your character is. That what are they doing, and what would they what would they be showing for their their kind of niche thing?
1: Right, and I think for some games, as you mentioned, they lend themselves a little bit better for the background development. So, for example, some of the free games we played with the uh, Forbidden Lands is built in with traits and such. I know also with Burning Wheel, Burning Wheel spends a lot of time developing the background of your character. It makes it a little bit more of a complicated character generation, but you have a fully fleshed background of your character, which I think is very cool and unique within that system.
0: And one thing, too, is like they say here that there's not a book to to cover the role playing aspect that it always f- focuses on the stats. But that's not true in the 20, in 21st century in the year 2022 as we're recording this. There's a lot of books about the playing the role and the personality. And there's a lot of games that focus on those type of elements that you can bring to other games and get ideas from even books on doing improv for gamers. There's a lot of options out there now. So 30 years ago, when this came out, there may have been less options or they may have been not aware of some of them, but things have changed. But there's a lot of things you can look at to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, even within the uh, 5e system, you know, it's built in today that you have backgrounds that you can roll for or develop as well too. So it's built into the game and they can bring attributes and bonuses um, to your character as well too its specialization. So a lot of the modern games have, have more of that to help flesh out your background.
0: Again, we were looking today at Dragon Mag issue number 188 from 1992. And the article we talked about is that's not role. I'm sorry. That's role, not role. Put more oomph into your role playing and have more fun by George T. Young. We're about out of time. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please give us a positive review. Wherever you're listening, share with your friends and family, tell others about us. If you know someone who's into this stuff, yeah, let them have them take a look. They might get something positive out of it. You can follow us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards, wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom and keep those dice rolling, R O L E, not R O L L.
1: <laughs> exactly. Play your role, R O L E.